today on the Tearsheet Podcast. We're, I'd say, the only player in the space that has this sort of smooth graduation path from, you know, where we're the program manager and we'll sort of help uh, streamline the launch to, you know, graduating to a processor-only model where uh, you can have sort of that direct dialogue with the bank and uh, bring your own pieces, um, uh, bring your own Lego pieces. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. I'm just back from Money 2020, and a big theme this year was embedded finance. There were a host of old and new players vying for a position in the financial tech stack. It makes sense. A few years ago, you could have counted the embedded platforms on one hand. Now there are dozens, just in the U.S. Enter Lithic, a software infrastructure company that enables companies to launch new card programs. I sat with co-founder and CEO Bo Zhang, who shares his firm's genesis story and describes the impact being born out of consumer app has had on Lithic. We talk about how the firm stacks up against other embedded finance players and the need to scale as a platform in the space. Bo Zhang is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Thanks for having me, Zach. Uh, so my name is Bo. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Lithic. Uh, Lithic is a software infrastructure company uh, and we build infrastructure that makes it easy for companies to launch new card programs. So uh, Visa or MasterCards, for example, both virtual and physical cards that you carry around in your wallet. Um, we provide the technology that powers a lot of that. I think what's interesting is we've had you know some competitors, some some maybe companies that play close to where Lithic does, and and no one really described themselves as you just did as a software infrastructure play. Um, maybe we can you know double click on that. Um, talk about how how you've positioned Lithic in the in the in the industry. I guess vis a vis your competitors, vis a vis yourself. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so really, really, you know, if if you think about it, it starts back at the very beginning. Um, our story is, um, we, you know, I started the company back in 2014, originally as a direct-to-consumer company called privacy.com. Right. Yeah. And it, so we had this idea for an easier and safer way for people to spend online. And um, over time, you know, it's grown to become one of the leading providers of virtual cards for consumers. In the process of doing that, uh, we ended up having to build all this infrastructure for ourselves originally. Um, and that sort of informed our point of view around like, you know, as a customer, like what the industry needed. Um, and um, that I'd say like our, our point of view is like really has been has been customer informed. And it's been um, sort of this like realization that like it's way too hard. Um, usually it takes, you know, six, 12 you know, 24 months even to launch a new card program and oftentimes millions and millions of dollars investment. And once you've launched, oftentimes you're kind of at odds a little bit with your infrastructure provider. Um, and, and so we've made it easier and faster. And we've also built sort of this more modular and configurable uh, way that kind of slots into um, growth stage companies as well. And is the ability to kind of launch quickly for your customers is is a lot of that predicated on and standardizing your offering as, as a software product? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, until now, uh, companies have really had two options for building card programs. Um, they could either use like a really sort of uh, productized, narrow offering. Like if you've got a really simple use case for B2B payments, uh, you might be able to use uh, someone else and get started relatively quickly. Um, or you could kind of go down this like completely customized, really expensive and time in intensive uh, route, um, which, which a lot of companies you know, end up doing. Uh, 
Uh, and we've kind of broken this either or model where we've productized a bunch of different use cases, um, but they can also kind of mix and match um, and, and sort of incorporate our APIs in a fully customized solution. Yeah, I guess that was my next question. Like where does the software begin and where does it end? Um, I know for, for some of your more mature customers, it looks like you offer um, a sponsor bank integration already. Um, so I, I'm kind of curious about how you think about services as well. Yeah, so if you if you think about the stakeholders um, or the components that you need to launch a new card program, you've got the sponsor bank, um, oftentimes, and that that can you know sometimes the sponsor the bank can also be their own you know launching their own programs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you've got the network, Visa, Mastercard, Discover, uh, and then you've got the processor, which is you know sort of the technology layer, right? So we pro you know we mostly focus on sort of providing that technology layer. And um, what we found is for uh, some customers, uh, they enjoy having sort of an all-in-one uh, solution where, you know, we can also bring in a partner bank, um, you know, who has obviously full visibility into what's going on. Um, but we also found that there are customers that uh, prefer to, 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 you know, bring their own bank. And so uh, how we've mixed things up a little bit is... Uh, we, we sort of have this modular solution that can expand um, or contract depending on uh, what your needs are. That, that makes a lot of sense. So given what you just described, Bo, how do you explain to a, a prospect company how Lithic is different than a Marquetta or than a Galileo? Uh, how, how do you describe that, those differences? Yeah, um, that, that's, a really, that's a really good question. Um, you know, in terms of like Marquetta, um, Marquetta tends to be a little bit more expensive. They tend to be uh, highly customized, uh, which, you know, as we talked about, can be really great, but can also take a really long time to get your program launched. Um, and historically, Marquetta's focused on uh, fairly large customers like Block and DoorDash. And that means that, um, you know, smaller customers uh, may not sort of get the same level of attention that, um, you know, they, they, they need or desire. Um, Galileo is interesting in that um, they're good if you're uh, if you're just looking for that processor and you want to bring in um, you know your own sponsor bank and you have sort of you want to pick and choose and like do all your KYC all your you know compliance AML bank partner stuff right um, and it's it's highly customizable so you have to do everything kind of in house and um, ends up being um, pretty expensive and like takes quite a long time to get to market. So um, the way we generally position ourselves is like we are generally much faster to market and, uh, you know, our, our st technology stack is quite a bit newer. So we're able to be a little more nimble to your needs as a cutting edge technology company. And, and is there tension there? Meaning are your clients coming to you? I have to assume they are and uh, wanting, I guess, a broader stack of technologies too, like maybe into, more into banking as some of these integrated products sort of point to. Um, as, as CEO and leader, I guess, how do you, how do you determine like where you go and where you don't? Yeah, uh, a friend of mine who's, who's been in FinTech for much longer than me uh, said, you know, problem selection is one of the hardest uh, challenges uh, as a fintech company, especially a relatively uh, a new new entrant, and 
That's definitely true. Like there's definitely tension around like, Hey, like, you know, what it, you know, internally we think about like, Hey, like we're building a lot of these building blocks uh, that people can mix and match and put together. But each one of the building blocks that we're building, uh, we should have sort of a unique right to win um, and something unique to say to the market. Like we're never going to just do something and tack it on because, you know, we can, you know, maybe generate a, a bit more revenue here and there. Um, it's sort of this like principled uh, approach, which sometimes there is tension. Sometimes we do have to tell people, hey, like, you know, we can't do this for you, and but we'll work very nicely with this other provider uh, mm-hmm. that you can bring yourself. Oh, that's interesting. So so who who's your target customer? Is there sort of a, um, a matrix, I guess, of, of, of a typical or a, a, a core lithic user? Yeah, so um, definitely. Um, so, so companies, first of all, companies of all sizes use Lithic to build for unique card programs. Um, there's, a, there's a few where um, oftentimes where we see folks, uh, this really resonates is maybe they've launched on a uh, legacy provider um, and they're scaling and finding like like technology constraints or operations or you know sort of partnership constraints um, with the legacy provider and they want to sort of bring more of the technology in-house so that often is a really good fit for our processor only model and so you see sort of um, more scaled players taking that approach um, the other one that is really interesting is uh, you know, Companies that have relatively simple and like productizable use cases, and they're um, they're they're actually sort of creating net new use cases. So my favorite is you know vertical software company or procurement platform that does a lot of ACH or check payments, mm-hmm. and they find that hey, like I can actually like move say 10, 20% of my payment volume over to cards and you know, I can monetize that. It's a much better user experience. Uh, it's, you know, you can show up, it shows up in real time in your dashboard. Um, it's, there's a host of benefits there. And uh, what's cool there is like, we made it faster, easier and cheaper to launch these programs. And um, you end up having sort of all these net new use cases. I like that. Um, it got me thinking in, in, in your answer there, Bo, um, w- at, one of the things we've heard on this show is is the the ability for platforms um, to scale alongside of their customers, and I feel like a few of the platforms have have said, "Hey, we're taking sort of this. Uh, we'll take the startups, you know, as and 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 sort of as they're getting off the ground, and a few others I think have positioned themselves maybe for you know for for bigger customers, for customers that are bringing in millions of customers when they first flip the switch. And so, how, how did Lithic? How did you overcome that problem, like for yourself? Because I think that's one of the biggest challenges in, in selling to new customers is saying, hey, we will be able to scale alongside of you when maybe you haven't done that already. Did, did privacy play a role in that? Yeah, it, this this definitely goes back to being informed uh, as a customer ourselves uh, of sort of the legacy uh, you know, ecosystem and the constraints there. Um, we were very motivated to solve the problem for startups and smaller companies just because of the pain that we had in launching a card program. Uh, but over time, what we realized is like, hey, like we can't do everything. Um, and the way to sort of grow with our customers is actually to allow them to take more control um, over the process. So, you know, as companies scale, um, if, you know, for example, if you're a 
um, if you're a neobank, like one thing you really care about is sort of that KYC process and having a direct dialogue with the sponsor bank around that, um, around sort of the trade-offs there. And so, you know, we we sort of have this, we're, I'd say, the only player in the space that has this sort of smooth graduation path from, you know, where we're the program manager and we'll sort of help uh, streamline the launch to, you know, graduating to a processor-only model where, uh, you can have sort of that direct dialogue with the bank and uh, bring your own pieces, um, uh, bring your own Lego pieces. And I guess um, for those early stage companies that are coming to you, um, there must be an educational component too. This is the first product they're launching in the space. I know a lot of founders we have on the on this program don't necessarily come from have a financial background, so they're sort of learning as they go. Um, what role have, does Lithic take, I guess, in the in the filling in the, the educational gaps along the way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we one thing we found is like uh, launching a financial services product is tough. It takes a lot of effort. You know, no matter you know how good the technology is, um, there's there's a huge education component. And so one thing that we've really invested a lot in is sort of uh, putting the content that you know we have as a team uh, and you know our our heads out there in in the form of you know we have a legal library, we have a podcast. Um, we have a bunch of like how-to guides. Um, and the idea there is like, you know, of course it's good marketing for us, but it's also like genuinely helpful information that's informed again by our point of view as, you know, having launched a card program, like what did we wish that, you know, we knew or existed in the ecosystem when we were launching uh, privacy, you know, all those years ago. And what's it like? I, uh, it sounds like you're still running privacy uh, in parallel to, uh, to Lithic. Like do you run that company as well? How, how, what's it like, I guess, managing a, a B2B product alongside a B2C product? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So, so Privacy um, runs sort of as a um, kind of a subsidiary of Lithic. Um, mm -hmm. It's sort of a small contained team um, that, that basically, you know, runs, runs and scales, scales the business. Um, and um, it, you know, I think, the, the benefit of having running a sort of uh, customer of the platform in-house is that you sort of have a really fast feedback loop um, when, you know, things are changing or you, know, you, you sort of maintain that customer point of view, like very closely. Um, whereas like, I think one challenge that we had with some of the legacy providers, um, you know, the, the one that we work with actually prior to launching with it, was that there, there wasn't a lot of sort of that customer empathy. Uh, and, you know, when things broke, it's like, whoops, you know, something broke and like, we'll fix it next week. And uh, on the flip side, you know, as a, as sort of someone that's interfacing directly with the customer, like, it's like, you're taking that NPS hit, right? Like mm -hmm. you feel the pain like very imminently. Um, and so we, we found it really helpful actually to have that kind of point of view in-house. I like that. Uh, um, we've had Oak North um, on the, on the program a couple of times. And, uh, you know, they run a UK bank um, and they built lending software off of that. And there's a, an interesting sort of interplay between, you know, owning a bank and selling it to banks and, and knowing sort of the pain points in the, at the, in the, in the lending portfolio. It's, it sounds like there's something similar going on at Lithic. I know you launched a, a new product recently. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, the, the way we think about... Um, product, like our product philosophy is like, you know, we, we've got this like kind of product roadmap and I talk about kind of these building blocks, right? Um, and we we kind of productize each component of it and 
um, allow um, uh, allow sort of our teams to kind of mix and match these pieces. So Send is like really sort of a culmination of this where um, we've bundled together um, common building blocks that we see customers use uh, and made it really easy to launch um, launch things in certain verticals. Um, and so, so that's 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 sort of the the, the idea and the the sort of driver behind uh, behind our set and product. Um, it's sort of the the, the flexibility um, as well as kind of the the, the speed uh, in in sort of one to hit punch. And and where was there customer demand for such a thing? Like where what was the genesis, I guess, of 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 this product? Yeah, absolutely. So you know what we found is like you know. Our, our infrastructure is generally like a pretty horizontal option. And we saw sort of uh, use cases across like payouts for insurance claims, you know, uh, class action settlements, clinical trials, um, use cases of like, you know, corporate incentive programs or uh, payroll or like earned wage access programs. Um, and we, we sort of saw these common uh, product elements across all of these different verticals. And um, Send is really sort of making it easy to launch. If your program is like one of those, like we make it really easy and fast. So instead of taking, you know, a couple of weeks or months even, uh, you can do it in, you know, days. Right. I know we've had the leadership from MasterCard and Visa here in the push payments groups. And it's amazing how fast those divisions are running and, and how volume is scaling across those. I, I think... I don't know. A couple of years ago, we weren't even thinking in those terms, and now it's, it makes so much sense what you're describing. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I think um, it's framed really well um, by um, I actually forget who said this, but uh, you know, Mark Andreessen said software is eating the world, and uh, someone had said that uh, payments is taking a bite of it. And I think it's really kind of drafting off of like all these things uh, are going digital, um, and payments payments is just like one piece of it. What's next for Lithic? You've got this uh, product recent launch. Like, wh where are you headed the rest of the year? Two thousand twenty-three. We're almost there already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's amazing how quickly uh, time flies. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think for us, like, we we sort of uh, going back to sort of my my uh, coming earlier about problem selection. Like for us, it's really about kind of following the customer and like making sure that we're we're really kind of. Uh, focused on like making sure that the experience is flawless, like end to end and kind of productizing more and more of these use cases. Um, like the, the theme for us as a company is kind of like uh, narrowing the focus and really kind of tight execution on like what we do. So, you know, you're not going to see us go and like do a, you know, bunch of different new product initiatives. Um, it's really kind of doubling down on that core uh, and, and sort of delighting, delighting our core customers. So unfortunately, like no sort of splashy uh, launches to announce, um, but just kind of doing, doing what we do well. I appreciate that. Does does that ethos match you, your personality? Does it match your sort of focus on things? Yeah, I think it goes back to sort of um, our early experience in the industry where fintech infrastructure is kind of unique um, in that there's not really sort of this concept of try before you buy. And so there ends up being sort of this incentive to like say, hey, like we do everything for you. Uh, and that may be true, but when you peel back the layers, it's like, well, we do everything 
thing like, you know, 80% of the way there or 90% of the way there, it doesn't fully work, but it works like most of the time, right? And when you're dealing with people's money, like that's not okay. Like things need to work really reliably. And, um, you know, uh, we, we think that, you know, at some point, try before you buy, we'll, we'll come. But in, in the meantime, like, you know, it's really sort of about like doing what we do well and reliably. So, yeah. I can appreciate that because anytime we have a B2C company, a fintech company come on the podcast, we'll publish and on social media, we have all these people um, in the comments complaining about the products that they, they're using. Like there's, and they're, they typically, it's all the same complaint. We're stuck. Something's stuck. It's not working, you know? And yeah. uh, I totally get that, that it, that fintech takes you most of the way, but we're not in a, we're not in a try before buy mode yet. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that the thing that, the thing that um, I, we've realized sort of being in fintech now for, for a couple of years is that a lot of the reason that happens is not because like, you know, app developers or founders or builders or, you know, even bankers like ha- don't have good ideas for how to make things better. Uh, fundamentally, like the supply chain in fintech is broken um, and needs to be sort of uh, rebuilt. And that's, that's kind of we think about our role as like kind of a small piece of that supply chain and, and making it better. Appreciate that. Bo, thank you for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me.